Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. In an attempt to find out when chocolate got erased from history, and in an attempt to bring it back, Montgomery the Moose and Friends traveled to 642 BCE and visited the Olmec civilization. While they were there, they encountered a familiar face, Ringo, the unpredictable horse, much younger than he was last time they saw him. But Montgomery the Moose and Ringo both had trouble using magic, because the magic had its own protectors in the time they were in, the dragons. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. So now, here's today's Tale from the Mooseverse. It was a hot day in the Grand Canyon. The Colorado River gushed down below, but that did nothing to alleviate the heat higher up. Of course, it was often hot here, but the Colorado River, which again, wasn't helping much, and the Grand Canyon itself, wouldn't receive those names for another few thousand years. Neither would the country that this useless river and the big hole that flowed through would become a part of, the United States of America. Because this particular hot day was in 642 BCE. The young orange dragon, known as Toka, flew through the air, looking for shade. This wasn't easy at this time of day. The sun was high in the sky, which meant that there wasn't much for it to catch on to provide any shade. A few times she flew down to sit in the shadow she'd seen from above, only to realize that that shadow was her own. Maybe this isn't the right place for me, she thought out loud and sighed. Her mother hadn't given her a lot to go on. There seemed to be a lot that she was expected to know without much context. But nonetheless, her mother had left her there, stationed her there, to use her mother's term, as one of the guardians of magic. So here she stayed. Of course, she could teleport away, but she wanted to learn, wanted to do right, and this was where she was placed, so she stayed, even in the heat. She hoped that at some point someone might help her understand what being a guardian of magic entailed. Her family had been doing this for generations, but everyone was so stoic all the time. It seemed like the way to be a guardian was to be grim and serious and not accept any questions. Finally, there's some shade. She spiraled down into the canyon, landing next to the flowing river, and huddled close by in the shade of an overhanging rock formation. She took a deep breath. It was by no means cool there, but it felt like a different world from the direct sun she'd just been in. The river, which had been so quiet from up above, was loud down here, appearing strong and mighty. Toka's mother had advised that she learn from that river, and how it did its daily work of carving the canyon. It had been doing it for millions of years, she said, and still, it worked hard every day. You couldn't see the results every day, but when you lived as long as a dragon, you'd see huge changes, she said. When would her mother come back? Toka felt like she had so much left to learn. Surely her mother didn't think she was as prepared as she needed to be, to be a guardian of magic? Was she just supposed to make it up as she went along? The last time the whole family had been together, she felt good, she felt confident, like she had a long way to go, but her elders would guide her, teach her, help her. But then they all separated. They left their land and Toka was confused, but at least she had her mother. But then after just one day and one night here, her mother said she had to go to the sea of everything. Toka didn't even know what that meant, but her mother made it sound important. So as Toka's heart beat harder than it had ever beat before, she gulped and decided it was time to step up. Time to be a guardian of magic. 
Only, she still didn't know what that meant. It had been, what, a few seasons at this point? More? Toka didn't know. But all she knew was that there had been some colder times and some warmer times. And this was about the hottest she could remember. And the hotter it became, the hungrier she became. She'd occasionally see small creatures, but they weren't worth the effort to chase. They had holes or hideaways they could run to in no time, which Toka knew she couldn't get into. Even the largest creatures around, what we think of as elk, could easily escape her. And frankly, she didn't really have much interest in eating other land creatures anyway. To see them walk around, climb, hop, and play, she felt like she knew them too well. Fish, on the other hand. Things that floated by in the river seemed like a gift. If she didn't eat it, more would follow. If she did eat it, more would follow. So leaving it didn't change anything, and taking it didn't change anything, other than her feeling fuller and honestly less cranky. And right now, she was feeling very cranky. So when Toka sensed a gentle surge in the river to her left, she turned. That meant a group of fish passing through, and that meant food. That she'd have to step out of the shade was helped somewhat by the fact that she'd be able to stand in the river itself and simply lower her open mouth into the river, allowing some of the food to swim straight into her mouth. She'd never have to look in their eyes and see their life. They were just food, just as if plants or vegetation floated down the river. Toka climbed right in. She felt like jumping and playing in the cool, cool water, but doing that might cause a big splash, knocking some of that food out onto land where she'd see it struggling to stay alive. And she didn't want to do that. Better to make it easier for everyone with less fuss. She opened her mouth, dipped her bottom jaw down, and closed her eyes as the swell approached. Whoa, watch out, everyone, came a voice from the swell, and Toka's eyes opened wide. What is that? She gasped, inhaling a mouthful of water and coughing and spluttering as she stood up and collapsed out of the water onto the hot, hot riverbank. Phew, that was a close one, said the voice from the swell, now passing her by. With all her coughing, Toka's eyes were watering, so she couldn't see as clearly as she wanted to, but it seemed to her that this was a great creature of some kind with a lot of legs or things that looked like legs, but they each seemed to come to a point and had dozens or hundreds of small, round suckers on the underside. It was hard to tell how many legs it had, but as her eyes started to clear, Toka saw that this wasn't the only creature like this. The swell was made up of maybe 15 or 20 of them, some smaller, some with fewer legs maybe. They were such a messy bunch that it was hard to tell, but the one that spoke definitely seemed like their leader. Everyone make it? All right, good job, everyone, the voice said as they passed out of view. Toka sighed again and shook the water out of her face. I wish someone would tell me I was doing a good job, she said softly. But then she began to reflect on what had just happened. She'd never been able to understand a creature of a different species before. That was certainly something that magic would be able to make possible, but it never had before. Why now? Suddenly, her mind felt something something tugging, like something leaving. And then it came back. But then it tugged again. It was strong enough that she felt it in a particular direction, south and east. Is this it? She thought. Is this what I'm here for? Is this being a guardian of magic? She teleported to follow the direction where she was being tugged, only instead of teleporting a long distance away as she'd intended, she reappeared less than half a mile away, up in the sky. Huh? 
she asked as she began to fall, but her dragon's instinct kicked in and she opened her wings and flew. When she felt whatever it was that had been tugging come back to her again, wait, is that magic? Toka questioned. She tried teleporting again. This time it worked. She teleported thousands of miles southeast until she felt it pull away from her again, leaving her over water, what is now known as the Gulf of Mexico. Ugh! Toka yelled, tumbling in confusion towards the expanse of water below. Just as she was getting her bearings and about to swoop back up, her left wingtip hit the water's surface, and she came crashing down in a mixture of pain and awkwardness. Oh, how embarrassing, she said as she finally got her head above the water. She struggled for a while to pull herself back up into the air, but it was almost impossible, and when the magic returned once more, she took the easy route and teleported. This time, she was close enough that she got right to the source of the issue. In fact, she landed on top of it. 600 feet in the air, Toka reappeared on top of something solid but see-through. Attached to a flying silver thing about four times her size. Her feet slid around and she struggled to hold on, but through the part she was standing on, she could see an open space inside holding a myriad of beings of different shapes and sizes. It wasn't large enough for Toka to fit inside, this must be why the magic had brought her on top instead. And although the thing, she decided she needed to find out what this was called soon, was soundproofed, magic enabled her to pick up on the panicked screams that came from the beings inside, and she could feel the magic tugging towards two of them in particular. Toka's instinct was to attack. After all, she was a guardian of magic, and these two creatures were taking it. But she wasn't sure if she should rip the top of this thing open. Is that what Mother would do? She wondered. This thing seemed to be losing control regardless. An enormous dragon teleporting on top of something that's flying will do that, it turns out. They lost height quickly, and Toka had to think fast. They were above a settlement of people, and although this thing had the aura of invisibility, or was that magic, she didn't want to risk hurting anyone there, or being seen by humans herself. She considered trying to teleport them all the way back to her home, but with magic acting the way it was, she wasn't sure if she could, and she didn't want to lose them in the process. Besides, the weather here, wherever here was, was a lot more pleasant than it was at home. So Toka teleported herself again, but this time 15 feet below where she had just been. Instead of riding on top of the see-through part, she flew underneath the whole silver thing, which she had picked up from the yells inside, was named Alamina, and guided its fall until it was able to gain control again, at which point she looked for an uninhabited grassland to bring it to. Toka brought it close to the ground, and once she was assured that it was able to land, she teleported herself to the side to let it touch down. A moment later, something opened underneath Alamina, and many of the creatures Toka had seen from above walked down a slope to come outside, turning to face her as they did so. Two of the larger creatures she'd seen, the ones she had sensed were tugging the magic from her, stood in front of the rest. They were significantly smaller than Toka, but she sensed great power in them both. Tell me what is happening right now, Toka growled. Oh, waffles, said one of the creatures and gulped. Uh, hi, added the other creature nervously. This one had antlers of some kind, similar to the elk she was used to seeing. You're scary. Intimidating, said a tiny creature riding on that elk-like one's head. Oh, right. Sorry for being rude before. You're intimidating. 
Toka had no patience for this nonsense. What are you doing here, she demanded. How are you pulling magic from me? The two larger creatures looked at each other, and the one without antlers deferred to the one with. The rest of the group stepped back. They appeared to think it best to let these two handle it. The creature with antlers looked at Toka, closed his eyes, and took a deep breath. Your name, he started, is Toka. You are a guardian of magic. Your mother, Rana, brought you to the canyon you call home when the realms aligned. Toka was dumbfounded. Your grandfather stayed in the land where you hatched, and many of your family returned to your ancestral realm for the first time in thousands of seasons. But now the realms are out of alignment again. Your grandfather's land won't be on the same frequency as Earth for another 16 years. And the realm of dragons is... The creature furrowed his brow. Cut off. He opened his eyes. How? Toka asked, taken aback. How do you know these things? It may be hard to believe, the creature replied, but we're both guardians of magic too, in the future. This is Ringo, he indicated to the non-antlered one. And I'm Montgomery, the moose. Toka struggled with everything she was hearing. She didn't even know some of what Montgomery had said about the realms and her family. Perhaps this was a trick, but it felt so true. Eventually, her confusion of emotions coalesced into one train of thought. But you're not dragons. How could you possibly be guardians of magic? Well, let me tell you a story, Ringo began. Perhaps that might be better saved for another time, added a new voice, stepping down from inside Alamina. This voice was gentle, yet authoritative. It was another... Moose? Is that what Montgomery said? Yes, I think you're right, Mom, Montgomery replied, and Toka's eyes darted between the two moose. She'd never heard the term mom before. In her family, it was only mother. But she recognized its meaning right away. Your mother is with you? Toka asked, finding herself almost tearing up as she did so. And somehow, that's when it hit her. This was real. The magic had been tugging towards these two creatures for a reason. These really were guardians of magic from the future. The group introduced themselves to Toka, who tried desperately to learn everyone's names, but there were just too many to remember. Then Montgomery the Moose and Montgomery the Mouse explained that they had traveled back in time because... And here, Toka missed some details, but that's okay, she was sure she'd get them later. Something incredibly important had been erased from history, and they needed to go back in time to restore it. Others in the group kept joining in to add details, and they talked over each other constantly. This was clearly a group of friends who felt very comfortable with each other. In all the back and forth, it was hard to keep up, but this was it. This was what Toka had been wishing for since her mother left her. This was something truly important. Toka felt her heart thumping in her chest once again. This was beyond anything she had ever experienced. But she was still a guardian of magic herself. No matter how excited she was, she needed to stay calm and professional. I want to help. How can I help? She blurted out. Montgomery and Ringo smiled at her. Let's ask the magic to guide us, Montgomery the Moose suggested. The three guardians of magic closed their eyes and breathed deeply. Within moments, all three gasped as they experienced the same thing, an overwhelming burst of energy and light. They were connected to each other and to magic in a way none of them had ever felt before. Toka's life was forever changed. 
and she couldn't wait to find out what would happen next. To be continued. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we'd love to hear your stories. Maybe you'd like to tell a story about Toka. What was her life like with her family before she was brought to the place we know as the Grand Canyon? Or maybe tell us a story about the dragons we met in the first few seasons. What are they up to these days? And does anyone else get the feeling there's more to Ruth's story than we know so far? Send us your stories about any of these characters or any others you think would fit in the Mooseverse. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. Email yours or any other comments or questions you have about Tales from the Mooseverse to hello at mooseverse.com. Find out about our upcoming Story Lab online writing classes for kids on outschool.com or on our own website, mooseverse.com. Mooseverse.com is also where you can sign up for our regular newsletter, including writing tips and all the latest Tales from the Mooseverse news. As always, we're looking forward to reading your stories. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.